so, you know, uh, there's been really a barrage of um, misinformation, uh, you know, related to, to the conflict. And I think, you know, people that know the Israel-Palestine conflict are quite familiar with it when events are, you know, described in one way in the media and the reality on the ground is quite different. But um, uh, Karabakh is a, is a section of Azerbaijan. It's no different than, let's say, Crimea to Ukraine or Abkhazia to Georgia. And it's been under Armenian occupation for close to 30 years, um, right at the time of the Soviet breakup, Russia helped uh, Armenia capture the area. And uh, just like with all these other conflicts of the former Soviet Union, basically a tool of Russia to put pressure on um, all sorts of countries in its in its periphery. So the same kind of way that it's used in Crimea with, in, the, in the context of Ukraine. Um, and in 2020, um, war broke out between Armenia and Azerbaijan. It changed the status quo. Um, Azerbaijan was able to uh, recapture most of its territories that had been under Armenian occupation, with the small um, exception of uh, one major city, which Armenians call Stepanakert, which Azerbaijanis call Ankendi, um, there, uh, which has a majority Armenian uh, pop- population. Um, and right after the 2020 war, there was a pretty serious peace process going on between Armenia and Azerbaijan. Um, under led by the United States and Europe. But about a year ago, uh, Russia sent an oligarch, Ruben Bardanian, um, Russian citizen but Armenian origin, um, to live in Karabakh and really stir up, um, you know, sort of undermine the peace process, lay mines. Um, and this military action is sort of the culmination of, uh, you know, working against those activities that were, you know, there were really dozens of people killed from new mines that were that were laid in the area and the undermining of the peace process. As we speak, there are hardly any Armenians left in Nagorno-Karabakh. Um, does, do you think this marks the end of the Armenian presence in this particular area? Um, no, I think, I mean, I think first thing, we don't really know all the information. There's been a lot of, again, like a lot of misinformation. It's pretty amazing how journalists will even say like, well, this is from an Armenian government spokesman. We haven't been able to verify, right? But why people don't even try to verify the information? Again, the Israel, Israeli-Palestinian conflict, it's, it's quite familiar, this kind, of, uh, this kind of activity of journalists. Well, I don't think anyone's um, but, disputing that there aren't hardly any Armenians left. I, I'm, really, I'm really not sure, to, to be honest. I, ju- I just saw today, for instance, um, um, some Armenians registering for Azerbaijani government services in Karabakh. So I, don't, I don't think we know. I mean, first thing, the amount of people that were there, um, there were probably only fifty to 60,000 Armenians in Karabakh. The number of 120,000 is, is taken from a Soviet census uh, published in 1989. Um, I've been to Karabakh multiple times, including when it was under Armenian occupation. And at the time when I visited there under um, Armenian control, they would, you know, the local officials were even saying there's no more than 50,000 um, people here. Um, about 10,000 were Armenia proper soldiers that were deployed in Karabakh, in, in, you know, in, inside the territory and their families. So about 30,000 people that certainly... Um, you know, they're citizens of Armenia. There's no way they should have, you know, been in that region to, to begin with. We've all seen um, we've all seen the uh, interviews with the Armenians who have left the area and arrived in Armenia. They say almost universally that they fled from fear. 
They believed their lives were in danger, accusing the uh, Azeris of planning uh, ethnic cleansing. Do you think they're not telling the truth? I, re- I really don't, you know, I really don't know, but I'm saying that it, there's a very big difference between um, having a perception of fear and the reality of a danger. I mean, I, I don't think, um, you know, I, 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 there's no evidence of any, you know, killings of civilians and and uh, um, none of them are actually saying saying that, um, you know, why populations have decided to, you know, to move um you know, if, if this was, again, organized by, by Yerevan, if it's authentic fear of the people, it's really hard to tell. How do you explain the Russian role in all of this? They were the uh, supposed to be the mediators and the peacekeepers. Um, the Armenians claim that they, they've let them down. I mean, they never were the mediators or the peacekeepers. They, they, they created this conflict. I mean, this would have been you know, in the early 90s, sort of skirmishes, disagreements between Armenians and Azerbaijanis, and then they would have found some, um, you know, something something workable if Russia had not, you know, flame, inflamed the conflict and, uh, you know, create really created this, this war and this, this conflict the same way that they did in Georgia and in Ukraine and, and in Moldova to keep their control. And in fact, even the whole, the whole circumstances of, of so Russian deployment of so-called Russian peacekeepers uh, in the region, it's not at all like the, the media narrative of, uh, oh, the Russia came in and stopped the war. I mean, the war stopped because Russia shot a ballistic missiles at Baku. Um, these were, by the way, ballistic missiles that were shot down by an Israeli air defense system by Barak 8, you know, sa- saving hundreds of lives. But it was clear to, but the, the, it wasn't a negotiation. It was, you know, a Russian missile attack that brought the end of the war. And, uh, um, and again, even by treaty obligations, Karabakh is inside Azerbaijan's territory. So Russia has no treaty obligation to protect um, Armenia, only on Armenian territory. Uh, itself, so Russia was always very clear about that, and 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 and, and the other members of the CSTO, of the Russian-led treaty organization, that um, it doesn't apply to the ethnic Armenian population outside of Armenia. We know Turkey is Azerbaijan's closest ally. We know that relations between Azerbaijan and Israel are very tight, including this uh, Israel supplying a lot of weapons to uh, Baku. Do the recent events, do you think, strengthen Israeli ties with Turkey? I mean, I think it, I think Israeli ties were, with Turkey are, are already in a very good place. Um, Netanyahu and Prime Minister Netanyahu and President Erdogan had an excellent meeting um, last year, on, last week, on the sidelines of the UN General Assembly. Um, there's there's plans to follow up with these, you know, with additional meetings of their ministers and reciprocal visits of. Uh, uh, Netanyahu to travel to Turkey and uh, Erdogan to travel to Israel. So I think, I think already, um, but the cooperation during the 2020 war between Armenia and Azerbaijan, I think yes, it was a catalyst for um, for return of good relations between these two countries. Um, you know, the awful terrorist attack today in Ankara. It illustrates how important both countries really need to you know cooperate with each other, Turkey and Israel. Um, that both face many similar um, terrorist threats and security threats. Finally, what about Iran's uh, interests in this part of the world? We know they are very concerned over the Israeli Azeri ties. 
Yeah. So, I mean, this 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 uh, development, this military operation, and um, and the, um, it has the potential for actually leading to a serious peace process between um, Armenia and Azerbaijan. I mean, only when you solve the real security issues, whether it's by war or whether it's by peace agreement, can you have, you know, can you have a peace, have a peace agreement? Um, and it seems that's the direction that Armenia wants to go in. Armenia itself also didn't intervene, um, you know, to help the Armenian population in, in Karabakh and, and support it there, you know, um, withdrawal and their emigration from from the area. Um, so it seems Ar- Armenia is looking for a peace agreement with Azerbaijan. And if that takes place, the big losers will be Russia and Iran because they've really benefited from the conflict. They've benefited from, um, you know, having, um, you know, there's Russian ba- three Russian bases uh, in Armenia. Iran supplies Russia even through Armenian territory. Um, they, they would, Iran would lose a big, you know, a big lever uh, in the region if peace peace emerges between Armenia and Azerbaijan.